everyone, and welcome to Tap the Craft, an informational podcast where we talk about craft beer in terms the average beer drinker can understand. My name is Denny Luce, and joining me tonight is my partner in craft and drinking buddy, John Ream. How are you doing tonight, John? Flustered. Uh, crazy night. Hectic uh, finish to a brew day just before uh, getting on here, but now I have a beer. I'm sitting down talking to my buddy. So, it's all, all right. right. Hey, you know what? There's always a highlight to, to a day, and you found it. Well, there's more than one highlight in this day because today was opening day, and the Reds play on opening day, and they, what, did they win or lose today? They won. They all won right. five to two over the Pirates, three run home run in the eighth to take the lead. So. Well, there you go. There's two two good things to highlight your day, so it's not all uh, fluster and uh, buster. It's a, it's a good day. It's a good day. Yeah, uh, I, I've also had a little bit of a of a trying uh, afternoon, um, but I'm not going to go into details on that. We're just going to move forward and get on with this great craft beer podcast. And just to let everyone know, if, if you're new to listening to the show, uh, the goal of Tap to Craft is to focus on bringing more people into the craft beer hobby. And uh, John and I, we are craft beer enthusiasts. And with that, what does that mean? It means that we love to drink. We love to talk about and learn about craft beer. And uh, again, we're enthusiasts. We're not experts. So you know, there might be some things that we say that might not be 100%, uh, you know, fact. We may actually slip here and there because a lot of stuff we're saying is off the top of our heads. And you know what? Uh, I'm kind of old, and uh, sometimes, you know, I may forget and mis- misspeak, but I have got John, the youngin, to uh, correct me, and he does quite often on the show. So you can count on us being at least 95% accurate. So how are we going to go about doing this? We're going to go ahead and we're going to talk to you guys in easy-to-understand terms. And what I like to say layman terms, uh, you know, we want to help you ease you guys into the craft beer hobby and make it as easy as possible so that you don't get frustrated and you want to, to continue your journey. Uh, also, we make it a little bit easier, too, because everything we talk about in the show can be found in the show notes, which are attached right to the MP3 file. So all you got to do is just... Uh, Whatever podcast uh, tool you're using, is just uh, click on the on there somewhere. You'll find that we have a, a lot of show notes and beers that we're going to drink or talk about on the show uh, and different articles we might talk about. You know, they're all posted in, in the show notes. So go ahead and take a look at those, too, just to help yourself out. We really enjoy having listener participation, and we encourage our listeners to write into the show. We want to hear about your experiences and your knowledge because again john and i we're only two people i'm surely we haven't gone out and you know experienced everything there is about craft beer we want to make sure that we hear from you guys out there so feel free to write into the show using our email address which i'll give it to you at the end of the episode Uh, or you can even follow us on twitter and respond to john and i or even our show twitter handle to ask questions and get answers. We love interacting with all of our listeners out there. Also, once a month, we do a listener participation tasting note segment where you, the listener, can drink along with us as John and I describe our tasting experience on a beer. And in this episode, we will be tasting the Stone Brewing IPA alongside our great listeners like you. Uh, This is actually our first IPA that we'll be doing during this segment. So it should be exciting to hear how 
John explains his experience uh, drinking this IPA. So if you haven't gone out and found your Stone IPA, you still have a few minutes to go out there and find a six-pack or a 22-ounce bomber, whatever you can find. Go out and get it so you can join along and participate in the show. If you enjoy hearing what John and I have to say and listening to the show every couple weeks, uh, we invite you to go ahead and support the show just by uh, taking a few minutes and writing an iTunes review. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be detailed. Just say, hey, I really like this show because of this reason, and go ahead and rate us. What will that do? That will just help us get noticed by more people out there in the iTunes world. And that's what we want. We want to spread the good news, and uh, you can help us do that if you do truly enjoy what we do. This is episode 19, and we're recording this on Monday, April 6, 2015. And in this episode, we will be discussing uh, a topic about traveling with your craft beer. In fact, this is a, a topic that uh, I had to do a little research on because I've never really uh, flown with, uh, with craft beer. And uh, I'm actually taking a trip this week. I'll be heading back to Israel where I'll be taking some craft beer along with me on my international flight. So I want to make sure that my beer gets delivered safely uh, when I land in Israel uh, so that I can share my beer with my buddies over there. Uh, also, John has a super secret check it out topic that not even I know what is in this topic. I'm excited to hear what he has to teach us about his check it out. And again, as we already mentioned, Stone IPA tasting notes. So again, go out there and get your Stone IPAs. And John, you know what? Uh, we both had kind of a rough day today, so I'm sure that you're drinking something. What are you drinking tonight? I am drinking the Fremont Brewing Hoppy Pilsner, and I would give you details on it, but the can is blank. Oh, <laughs> there's it's a blank nothing thing. Nothing on here. <laughs> it's uh, no no logo, no stats, no nothing. Just a silver can that used to have beer in it. Oh. Um, but, you know, I, I'm actually really enjoying this Pilsner. I, I don't think I would describe it just like I wouldn't hand this to somebody like, hey, this is a Pilsner, but it's hoppy. I would just say this is a pretty darn good Pilsner. Okay. Um, so it's refreshing. It's kind of it's definitely hitting the spot right now after a, a frantic end of the brew day. Um, <laughs> just kind of relaxing. And it's just, you know, just just what I need right now. So Excellent. Excellent. How so much you... Uh, What's what's in your glass? Yeah, my glass is full of something strong because you know uh, I think just by telling me the listeners what I'm listening to, they'll know what kind of day I've had. But I'm also I'm drinking a Stone beer. Uh, I'm drinking the Stone Double Bastard Ale. It's American Strong Ale, doubled up, uh, 11% alcohol, 22 ounce bomber. Uh, one of my uh, my go-to beers. That I just I you know whenever I see this beer. Uh, available. It's a seasonal release. I always pick up a bottle or two. This bottle was left over from 2014. Um, looking on it, it, it was actually late 2014. It was bottled, I think, September of of last year. So it's not too old. Um, and and these beers, I've actually aged these double bastards before, and they age, you know, quite well. Uh, this one, uh, because of tonight, uh, it wasn't aging as long as I could have aged it, but it's a great beer. Uh, great malt character, a lot of good bitterness at the end. That's uh, uh, just what I need. Eleven percent to get us rolling on this show. 
And what might surprise you is I've never had that beer before. What? <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. I really like Arrogant Bastard, but I've never picked up the double. Oh, my gosh. I can't, That is – and you even went to Stone. How could you go to Stone and not drink the double? They didn't have it – wasn't a season? Uh, no. And I was trying all the different experimental IPAs and stuff they had yeah, on at the time. Uh, so. That's true. That's true. Wow. Um, I'm shocked because I've drank probably – a minimum of 20 bottles, if not more, of this uh, beer over the last five, six years. Um, yeah, you should try it. It's uh, If you yeah. like, Ar- Arrogant Bastard was one of my favorite beers back in 2000. Oh, my gosh. I think it was 2004. Uh, it was when I first had Arrogant Bastard. It first came into the Boise area, and I drank it, and I fell in love with it. And I just I would buy like bottles of twelve at a time, and I would just drink it all the time. In fact, my buddy Sean and I have a picture. We went to Salt Lake City to go to the amusement park there called Roaring. Now, what's it called? Uh, oh shoot, I forgot the name of the amusement park in Salt Lake. But we went there. We went camp. We kind of camped out in the back of the of the place. And for breakfast, we have a picture of of Sean and I. Uh, at 9.30 in the morning, uh, drinking a, a, an arrogant bastard L uh, with our scrambled eggs right there in the in the picture with the rest of the family eating breakfast and we're drinking arrogant bastard. That's that's how much I love that beer. But the double yeah, bastard. You started right, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's the way we roll. When we camp, we like to, you know, break the rules. But, uh, but yeah, the double bastard is just, uh, it's just as, the same amount of goodness, but just amped up a little bit more and... To believe it or not, it's a little bit smoother than the regular Arrogant Bastard. Um, I don't mind the harshness of the Arrogant Bastard. You know, it comes a little bit harsh at the finish. Some some people, I, I've heard people say, "Man, I don't like that beer. It makes it, it reminds me of if like I'm drinking kerosene." Uh, I I mean, it's not that harsh, but uh, you know, it can be a little bit off-putting to people that aren't used to that that type of flavor. But man, I just can't get enough of it. I love it, and the, the Doe Bastard is just. Like I said, more of that great flavor, but it actually has a little bit smoother finish that uh, I can really appreciate, especially since it's 11% alcohol. You'd think it you know, might be a little, even more harsh in, in the in the finish. I think the regular uh, Arrogant Bastard is like, what is it, 8.4 or 8.5, somewhere in there? Sounds right. Yeah. yeah. All right, so my, my, my goal now is when we come up to meet you again this year to go – uh, drink and have fun in Seattle. Uh, I'll have to bring. Uh, uh, I got to go find another double bastard so I can bring it up to you, so you can actually drink a double bastard. Yeah, add, add it to the list of all the things you're disappointed I haven't had. Yet, so <laughs> I know I got to also bring the Big Bad Baptist, which is still available in my area, but I have to buy it quick before it runs out. Save that for you too. There we go. Okay, well, hey, uh, I know we've already been talking a little bit about beers, but anything noteworthy that you want to talk about uh, from the last couple of weeks uh, that you've drank? Uh, yeah, and I'm going to stick with Fremont. Uh, anybody who's been listening the last few episodes, you'll notice a theme here. So if you're ever in Seattle, go check out Fremont because they're doing great stuff uh, all throughout their portfolio. Uh, but what I'm going to talk about is their sister, uh, Imperial IPA. And they, they do uh, two two of these. There's the brother and the sister. Mm. I believe we had the brother when you were out here. I think uh, so, yeah. Yeah, it's a 
in a in a blue can, and the sister is on the shelf in a pink can. Oh. And this uh, beer definitely lived up to my expectations after chasing it for a year and a half of always just missing it at the store every time it was released. It was just being snapped up so fast, I could never get it. And I finally ended up at a, at my local shop on delivery day and managed to get some. Uh, but uh, real nice, big, strong bitterness and big pine up front with the, some citrus uh, in there as well. Mm. Uh, just solid all around uh, beer. So okay, so um, you're right. I just did a quick search on Untapped, and I did have this September 23rd. Uh, the brother, I mean, not this one, not the sister, but the brother. Uh, the brother Imperial IP, IPA. Um, my notes in Untapped. Uh, I say it's a nice tropical hops with the nose and throughout, uh, and very well done. And thanks, thanks, John. What, so this one, the the sister's a little bit like uh, a little bit opposite of the brother, huh? Yeah. <clears throat> Need some beer. Hold on. Okay. I'm leaving that on the show. Oh, oh some guy caught my throat. <laughs> Everybody's gonna love having that right in their ear. Um, but yeah, this one was was more pine uh, up front, which I wasn't expecting at first. Uh, okay. But it it really worked worked well, and it, I enjoyed it a lot. So okay, excellent. Well, good. You know, I'll have to uh, try to come by this time of the year uh, next year so that I can join you in your drinking the Fremont Brewing Sister Imperial IPA. Well, it's released a few times during the year. Uh, that's what has made it even more infuriating, as I missed it. You know, four times a year or so. Okay. okay. <laughs> Okay, well, good. Anything else besides the the sister uh, Imperial IPA? That's it for me this week. With the quick turnaround, didn't yeah. uh, get as much. No problem, so. no problem. Well, we didn't have anything last week, so or last episode, so it's good that we have something this time. I also have a few beers. Nothing, not one beer uh, per se, but this time there, I was lucky enough to go into a that beer market I talk about all the time called Brewer's Haven. I go there quite often. In fact, last week I was there three times. Um, yeah, I'm not an alcoholic or, uh, you know, addicted to anything. I just, uh, you know, enjoy going there and, and picking up beer. But they, I went in there in the middle of the week and they had just received, uh, like, a, I don't know if it's a, if it's a testing distri- distribution or what it was, but a new brewery that they had available. They had five different beers from a brewery out of Colorado called uh, Kana Creek Brewing out of Grand Junction, Colorado. And they had uh, five different beers. And I said, you know what? I have never heard of this brewery. I'm going to take one of each beer because I want to taste what, you know, I want to see their, their range of beers that they have. And, you know, I'm sure there's going to be one or two that I don't like, but there'll probably be one or two or three that I do like. Uh, and I was especially uh, interested in the styles they had. They had an Irish red, which is not a common one that we typically get. You know, I don't usually go and, and find a lot of Irish red. So I thought, ooh, that's going to be a good one I'm going to enjoy. It's kind of unique. Um, they also had an alt beer, which is, you know, you're in, one, one episode we're going to talk about alt beer because I don't, I don't really understand the whole alt beer thing, but we're not going to get into it now. But we'll, we'll do a segment where we talk about the alt beer. But they had an alt beer, which t- 
typically when I have alt beers, I really enjoy them for whatever reason. I don't know much about the style, but I enjoy it. And then they had a, an American Red Ale, which I love Red Ales, one of my favorite styles. Um, and I love American Red Ales because they typically, you know, emphasize the hop uh, uh, finish, which I really like. And then they had the standard American Pale and IPA. Uh, and I, the first beer I opened was the Alt Beer. And right off the bat, I'm like, wow, this is good. Good flavor, everything. I was really impressed. I gave it a you know a over above average score on Untapped, and then the next beer I drank was the American Red Ale, and that beer was like uh, I don't know, it just it was like almost a perfect. I think I gave it four and a half caps, and I don't know why I didn't give it a full five. I just I really enjoyed this beer. The st- for the style was like the perfect American Red Ale. That uh, flavor that I enjoy had a very good malt front with a nice, uh, you know, bitter finish, but not over the top bitter. It was just like a perfect balance of that red, and the coloring was was great. Everything was good. Uh, right off the bat, my first two beers, I was very impressed. You know what? The rest of beers were just as good. There wasn't one bad beer of the five, and that is exciting to me to see that there's a brewery, a smaller brewery. In a small town of in Colorado, that uh, is 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 maybe going to start distributing in my area. I hope that this test bed goes well. Um, you know, I made comments on Untapped, and they've uh, made comments back to me. So I, I hope they understand that. Hey, people in Boise, Idaho, actually enjoy their beer, and they'll maybe make an effort to try to get more beer here because I'm excited to be able to drink you know some of their beer. Uh, and it, and again, that re- that Irish red was really good. It was. I mean, very close to the American Red Ale, but it had a, a little bit drier finish to it that was really uh, enjoyable. I I really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, that's always exciting when you can find something like that where a place can can hit on all all aspects of the styles. Yeah, know. yeah. The only thing they didn't have they they didn't have any darker beers. You know, no porters or stouts, um, which you know most of the time most breweries they at least start out with. They're staples, right? You a pale, an IPA, a porter or stout, some kind of hefeweizen or lighter beer for the lighter offering. Um, it was surprising that that there weren't there were they were all L's, no lagers and no porters or stouts. Um, I I don't know. I'm hoping that eventually, if they I, I went to their website and I looked at their beers, but I didn't look close enough to to really examine what they. I, I saw that their main flagship beers are the uh, red ale and the alt beer. I think the IPA is the new flagship that they have. They have three flagship beers that they produce, and they open two breweries, the the Kana Creek, and they also open another one called the Edgewater because the Edgewater Brewery is just focusing on the three flagship beers, mass producing those to try to get the those beers out to more markets and stuff. So, um, I'm I'm seriously. Uh, thinking about planning a trip to Colorado, uh, a brewery tour with my wife. Uh, once she's able to go and, and drink some some regular beers, uh, I think we're going to have to do it. It's about a 12-hour trip from Boise uh, to Grand Junction. Oh, no, to Denver. Nine hours to Grand Junction. So I can stop in Grand Junction and you know try their beers, go to the brewery, and then head into Denver in that area and hit all the breweries that are right in that in that close-knit uh, community and really, you know, get a good craft beer 
tour of Colorado in that in just that small area. So, and also visit our buddy Ice Guy Kiddo Alex from the Forty Cast. Um, I'm I can't go to Colorado without visiting him and his family. So, all right. Well, I didn't mean to carry on about my note news and noteworthy, but. I figured because we didn't have any listener questions this week, I thought I'd just take up some of that time by talking about our beers. And, uh, but you know what? Uh, the Brew Buzz segment, which is what we're going to right now, is actually brought to us kind of by uh, a listener question. You know, um, our our friend of the show, Wes, he, he'd written a couple emails. And one of the emails he wrote, he said he would like to for us to talk about traveling with beer, especially... Uh, you know, traveling uh, in airlines. So our beer bus, our brew bus segment is all about uh, safe ways of traveling with your craft beer. And for anyone who's new to the show, our brew bus segment is basically devoted to discussing all kinds of various beer related topics. So again, this week we're going to focus on, Hey, if you need to fly from point A to point B and you need to take beer with you, what's the safest way of taking it, with you without it getting damaged and especially without it destroying what's ever in your suitcase because that is not fun you don't want to smell like a brewery like a like a skunk like a bad beer experience the the whole time you're on your trip all right so what i did is because i'm not experienced with this in fact my first trip that i'm actually going to travel with beer is coming up this thursday uh i needed to get some information from other sources. So what I did is I, I did a search online, but what I found is beer the beer advocate forums had a ton of good threads talking about traveling with beers. So what I've done is I've taken some of their you know some of their key points and just wanted to to talk about those key points, uh, you know about what what you should do when to prepare for traveling with beer. So there's some pieces that were pulled from the TSA, uh, United Airlines, and Delta Airlines policies. And here's three three key points here. Um, basically, you can take as much alcohol as you want that's under 24% ABV, ABV in your checked bags. Um, also, you can take five liters of alcohol that's between 24% and 70% ABV in your checked bags. Now, this doesn't really, um, you know... This is like way overkill for craft beer. This is talking general alcohol uh, traveling. You know, craft beer, I, I don't think you'll be traveling with craft beer. It's much over, you know, 15%. You know, that, that's a high. Most of your craft beer is going to be a lot lower than that. But, you know, if you did want to go and pick up a bottle of, uh, you know, tequila or rum or vodka somewhere and bring it back, now you know that, hey, if it's between 24% and 70% ABV, uh, you can take up to five liters in your checked bags. Uh, again, any alcohol that's above 70% ABV is prohibited. But, uh, you know, who, if you're taking Everclear or Moonshine uh, with you, then, you know, you've got other problems. Yeah, um, I'll have to have a different conversation at that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's also uh, an inter- interesting uh, point that's in the United policy. It states that, hey, up to 3.4% or 3.4%. Now, I think the, the 11% alcohol is affecting me right now on this double bastard, but up to 3.4 ounces of an alcoholic beverage may be taken through the security checkpoint, provided that it's less than 70% alcohol by volume, 
and it's actually in a container that's 3.4 ounces or smaller. And of course, anytime you have liquids that you're carrying on, you have to have those liquids placed into a Ziploc baggie. That's standard procedure. So, um, one of the things I got, again, not really relating to craft beer, but hey, if you need to take your alcohol with you, uh, you can go get those little small bottles from the liquor store. Those little, what are the, those little taster bottles, you know, that are like, you know, three ounces. You can pack as many as you want inside that quart Ziploc bag, and they won't question you at all. Um, now, it's against the policy to actually drink those alcohol beverages on the plane, They, but if you can sneak it, then, hey, more power to you. All right, John. So, hey, there are some general beer packing practice you want to go ahead and start talking about those yeah so i have traveled with beer um i do it every time i go to visit family and everything because now it's expected of me i made the mistake of showing up with good stuff once and now i have to do it every time okay um and and i also you know travel back and bring stuff back with me you know the stuff i can't get uh, in seattle i'll pick up things when i'm out somewhere else and, and fly them back. Mm-hmm. But uh, really the the biggest uh, keys when you're when you're packing beer, and this is true if you're going to ship it or you're going to pack in your luggage, is you don't want it to move. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want things packed tightly, and you don't want any glass touching each other. Mm-hmm. Those are the big keys. If you can do that, you're pretty much assured that uh, your beer, wine, or tequila, whatever, is going to arrive safely. <laughs> okay. um, but even when I do that, every time I get my bag off the carousel, I always immediately open it up and just to check if all my clothes are soaked with alcohol. Yeah. Not that there's anything I can do about it at the airport, but you know, it's just peace of mind at that point. Um, but some ways to, you know, to, to achieve our goals of, of tightly packed beer, uh, not touching each other, um, bubble wrap. It it's a great way to uh, kind of insulate your bottles from the rest of uh, your luggage and each other. More importantly, uh, you can get it at any you know office supply store or packing company like or shipping company. Uh, they'll have it there. Just uh, wrap or two around the bottle, tape it, fold the ends in on uh, the top and the bottom of the bottle, tape those down, and you're good. Um, additionally, I always put my bottles inside a Ziploc, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, seal it that way. If there is a breakage, I have a chance that's going to be contained. Mm-hmm. Um, I can get three 12 ounce bottles in a gallon size, and I usually do one bomber per gallon size Ziploc. Oh, wow. And um, you, and you only use one Ziploc or do you double bag? I only use one. Okay. Um, I'm cheap, I guess. Okay. Do you, do you use Ziploc brand, or do you go cheap with generic brand? It's whatever's in the house at the time of my trip. Okay. So, okay. Um, or whatever I can grab close to the hotel if I'm traveling. Yeah. I need to bring stuff back. Um, but, you know, if you don't have bubble wrap, you know, if you're out, you know, at a hotel or something and uh, you can't get to a UPS store or something like that, uh, just go take some of the newspapers from the lobby, uh, crumple those up, and pack them in tightly between your bottles, um, and zip those in the Ziploc. 
uh, all, all rings like that, and you can keep them separated and uh, and tightly packed with the newspaper. Uh, that's a little trick when, when you're stuck mm-hmm. and, and don't have it. Or even if you're at home, you know, and you've got all the advertisements that show up in the mail that you don't care about. Mm-hmm. Do that. Um, the one thing that, that you need to be careful about is any liquid of any kind is going to add weight fast to your yeah. luggage. Uh, so you got to be really careful about being overweight uh, on your bags. Um, so I mean, I think 50 pounds is pretty standard yeah. for the point where you reach an overweight bag. Um, so, you know, any kind of scale you can get access to, I know there's like specific luggage scales. Um, I just hold the bag, step on a scale, look at the weight, put the bag down and then step back on the scale, um, <laughs> you know, just to get a ballpark of where I am. Um, but another thing is just pack a, an auxiliary bag, you know, mm-hmm. with you just in case, uh, you know, a duffel or an extra backpack or something. And then if you do arrive at the airport and your bag's overweight, you can pull out some clothes or something, or you can even plan ahead to bring back more beer, you know, with you if you have an extra suitcase that you can pull out Mm -hmm. uh, to to do. But to make sure, though, that if you are pulling stuff out, that your beer is safe and still not going to touch because that's uh, the big big problem. Glass on glass will break those bottles so fast. Mm. Um, uh, But the other thing I I do is that we picked up some hard shell luggage. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, which it just adds another layer of protection uh, to the to the bottles. It doesn't compress as easily, you know, as a soft side, obviously. So uh, less pressure is being put on the on the bottles. So that's another another uh, thing that you could do to to kind of protect yourself. Yeah, yeah. Those are those are all that's those are all the key elements that uh, are reiterated over and over on the forums and in the different places I looked. And they all made sense. Um, I I also found uh, some notes. These are some key um, quotes that I found from uh, people who frequently travel with beer. I just wanted to kind of give you guys an insight on on what other people's experiences are. So uh, here's one quote from one person. He says, hey, you can bubble wrap the hell out of it, but chances are really good TSA will dig through and they won't put it back the way you packed it. All my breaks have been because of bad TSA completely unwrapping the beer and then just tossing it back into the bag, beer on beer. And that that just kind of reiterates what John was just talking about, about, hey, you don't want to have glass on glass. And when you lose control of that because the TSA guy was thorough and actually instead of just picking it up and seeing that, yeah, there's beer in there and putting it down, he actually tears everything up. And now all your hard work was thrown aside and now you've got beer soaked luggage because some dumbass TSA agent decided he wanted to mess with you. Um, so yeah, that's a good good point. Also, um, another quote is, I usually bring back a few bottles when I travel. My trick is to wrap the bottles in a Ziploc bag, then shove them into my shoes that I'm not wearing. He says that 12 ounce works best unless you have clown feet. And then I think you could probably put 22 ounces in there. <laughs> and if you can find a small box that fits in your luggage, that is a that is nice in case of leaks. Lastly, tighten down the straps inside your luggage to re- prevent everything from shifting around. Again, 
just like John mentioned, the key is to keep everything from moving and to keep you know keep it from uh, from interacting with each other. If you can do that, you're going to be a lot safer. Uh, another quote says, "I fly quite frequently, and I have packed beer away in my checked bag a lot, and never had anything break. I always use clothes to wrap my bottles of beer, usually rolled." Roll bottles up with jackets, long sleeve shirts, etc. Even though the cargo hold is pressurized, it doesn't hurt to tape the bottles around the cap. If you're packing cans, I have found out that putting them in a sock and putting that sock into another sock works extremely well since cans are pretty hard to break anyway. Keep in mind that the suitcase should should close tightly and there should be very minimal movement to prohibit bottles from moving around. Also watch the 50 pound weight limit or you'll get charged more than or charge more to check your bag. Again, those are some good points. I I don't know, John, what do you think? Uh, uh sock, you know, sock and sock canned beer. Uh I don't know. Is that uh feasible? Put your beer in socks? Yeah, I, I usually don't worry about my cans too much. Uh I think you know, like he mentioned they're pretty hard to break. You yeah. kind of need a a sharp point if you're gonna puncture yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but I have used socks for bottles before. Okay. Um, no, so no problem. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Okay. I have one more. One more quote. He says, "At work, I spend a lot of time on the secure side of the baggage claim. Meaning, I think this guy actually works for the airport with the baggage stuff." Okay. He says, "I cannot emphasize enough the importance of making sure your bag is pretty much bomb-proof." The bad guys care more about getting back to their phones to text or to look at the at the chive than your bags. Expect your bag to be dropped, floor, taxiway, wherever, thrown, crushed, or punted. And again, this just reiterates what John mentioned about the 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 extra added security of having a hard sided or hard shelled luggage. Is that if if these baggage guys mishandle your baggage guess what it's hard it's not going to you know come in contact with such uh, you know if it gets hits the ground or on a on a side of a pole or something uh it's less likely to actually come in contact with that glass bottle to break it uh, if it's a hard shelled luggage so um those are the, the quotes i had the things that i thought that just kind of reinforced what what we had come up with with our bullet points on how to package your beer safely for travel um, now, John, uh, my concern is I'm traveling uh, international, which is pretty much no different than traveling within the state uh, as far as the altitude. I don't think we go any higher or anything. So my concern is that when that luggage hold gets, uh, it's it well, it's not pressurized, right? So it's going to be it's going to be exposed to whatever pressure that is uh, at the atmosphere at that time. Uh, I'm, I'm really nervous about cans exploding, right? Because again, cans for the most part are tough, but they can, uh, you know, they're, the way they're sealed at the time they're canned, if they're not sealed correctly, if it's a looser seal, maybe some ex- extra exposed pressures can, uh, you know, can cause them to, to burst. And also, uh, caps on on bottles, right? We assume that all those caps are on there tight, and we assume that 
you know, most of the time the ball's not going to break, but you think I have much to worry about as far as caps bop, popping off and cans exploding in the threshold? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, you know, more the, the thing that would be more likely is you're, you're going to be in the air longer at higher altitudes and very, very cold temperatures. So you'd have more oh, of an issue freeze. potential freezing ah. uh, than anything else. Um, but I, I wouldn't worry about it. I mean, people fly with the stuff all the time. And, you know, if it was a big problem, you would have seen a bunch of quotes about it yeah. in, in your yeah. research. You know? So, yeah, I, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, okay. But the only the only potential issue is your bags do end up getting manhandled a bit more when you travel international because you got to get do checkpoints and various yeah. things. Oh, different, yeah. Different uh, airports. So, yeah, three planes. You know, making sure they're they're tight. You know, you got to that. That's probably the biggest key for you when yeah. you're doing international. Yeah, so uh, with that notes, I decided my first trip with beer, international, uh, I was going to use all cans. So right now I have eight cans packed up. I um, I put four cans per gallon zip bag. I used Ziploc bags, so I have the double zip protection, and I even double bagged them just in case because, you know what, I don't have to worry about washing my clothes when I get to my destination because it's not the easiest thing to, to handle. Um, so I have two bags of four beers right now. I'm thinking about picking up four more beers, so I might have 12 beers before I leave, uh, all cans. But again, like you said, John, I guess the other worry is you're right. Uh, I'll, my flight is 12 hours from Newark, New Jersey to Tel Aviv. Uh, that whole time is going to be in extreme cold temperatures. And so my, I guess my fear is that the beer will freeze and uh, you know maybe cause some damage but we'll see i'll I'll let you know how it goes on our next episode because uh this episode will be uh released uh on the time i come back i'll be coming back the day it's released so uh you have two weeks before you find out the outcome of uh of my traveling with beer i think it'll be all right i think it'll be a non-story okay good (laughs) good i hope so i hope so all right hey that, I think, was a very good brew buzz segment that can teach us all how to travel safely with beer. And I want to thank Wes for bringing up the, uh, you know, the topic to us and, and for John for giving his expertise and for me for just going and searching the internet, interwebs and finding information just so I can feel like I'm going to be safe uh, traveling with my beer. So, hey, bravo. All right, John, it's your time to shine. It's a check it out se- segment. We don't have this very often because some we you know we just don't usually have time uh, to throw in check it out segments you know topics. But you have a super secret topic you want us to all check out, so you can take the floor. All right. So my check it out topic. You know, I think in the past we've done websites and things like that, uh, different apps for your phone or podcasts, but. Uh, today I'm going to go a little more old school, and I'm going to talk about a book. Oh, I don't know good. if people remember what these are. <laughs> but uh, So the the book I've been reading, uh, and I was hoping to finish before I recorded, but I, I didn't quite make it, uh, is uh, So You Want to Start a Brewery, The Lagunitas Story oh. uh, by Tony McGee, who's the founder and, and owner of Lagunitas. And uh, you know, I think from the title, a lot of people kind of maybe don't, think this book would be for them uh maybe thinking it's kind of targeted towards people who are are thinking about opening a brewery 
but I'd say that's completely false. If, if you enjoy beer or brewing or maybe you are interested in the business side of things, uh, it's a great read. Uh, he's a very entertaining writer, um, which you can, you'll can you know if you ever read any of the labels um, mm, yeah. for Locking Beer because uh, he, he writes all that stuff. Um, but, you know, he you know talks about the trials and tribulations and just the general craziness of how Lagunitas had you know came to be and continued to survive uh through just you know the the 90s bubble and burst and and all the other just insaneness that seems to surround breweries all over the place um but you know i, I definitely think this is for you denny because i know you're a huge logging oh fan. yeah oh yeah um so i i definitely recommend this to to anybody who's who's listening, because you obviously have an interest uh, in beer, and it's just, it's a really entertaining read, and uh, even you know educational to a point. Um, but it's kind of it's really interesting getting inside the mind of the guy who, you know, writes the recipes and and the labels and all that, and you know just his philosophy on how this this whole industry should work. So, yeah, and what's interesting too is he was. Before he was a brewer, he was a marketing guy, so that's why he did all the labels and all that stuff. Is because he was already, uh, you know, familiar with marketing and advertising, and and that was natural to him. And he just enjoyed brewing beer as something as a as a side hobby uh, that that just calmed him down and gave him a, something to do. And so, yeah, it's uh, I, I would love to read that book. Book. So, is that is it available on Kindle or? Is it just a hardback right now? What's the? Uh, I have a paperback copy. Um, I would guess it's available on on Kindle. It's it just was released um, or re-released, I think, last year. I think it first came out a couple years ago. Okay. Um, but yeah, I de- definitely recommend it. So, so you want to start a brewery? The Logging is Story by Tony McGee. So All right. check it out. I'm going to check it out because that is definitely my kind of story. Now I know why you kept it a big secret because you didn't want me to go out there and get it and read it real quick so I could spoil all the fun. <laughs> yeah, this is all about me. This is my moment. <laughs> well, that was a good. Was that a gift that you got from someone, or did you pick it up on your own? Just curious. Uh, no, I heard an interview with them, and they they were talking about. It. I think it was kind of centered around the re-release of the book. Mm-hmm. Or the, the reprinting, or, or whatever it is. Uh, so they were, you know, pushing the book. So I figured, hey, that does sound interesting for me. So I picked it up, and uh, once I finish it, I'll, I'll have a a review up on my uh, blog. Awesome, so. excellent. Well, then you know what? I can get a I get a little synopsis from that little review. That'd be great too. But by that time, I might already have had it read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, John, for providing that check it out segment. That that's a great topic, and I do um, recommend that anyone who has not tried Lagunitas beer go out and find it. They pretty much can be found around the country nowadays. Uh, go go out and try their beers. They make some fantastic beers, and if you like their beer, hey, go check out his book because I've I've also heard Tony McGee on uh, interviews and stuff. He is a very entertaining guy to listen to, and I'm just like John says, I'm sure that his writing is also going to be entertaining just because of the marketing flair that he has. Uh, you know, he he's bound to make it fun. And 
And again, all the, like John mentioned, all those little sayings you can find around the edge of the, of the old classic Lagunitas beers, those are all written by, by Tony. He approves every single art that goes out of the, uh, out of the brewery. And he writes up those things, and it's fun. It, and and you don't realize that each one of those things, a lot of them tell a story too. And you won't find the background of that story unless you probably read the book, or you go to the brewery because the brewery, they will uh, they will reveal uh, a lot of the background history behind uh, what why those uh, you know what's what's being said in the background of those little sayings. So. Good. Yeah, and and if you do read the the labels, if you're in a habit of that, make sure you keep rereading them because they do change from time to time. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, what he talks about in the books. So. Okay. Hey, good point. Um, because you know what, I don't read them every time because I assume I already know what they say. So now I'm going to start reading them every time. All right. Well, with that being said, let's roll right into our listener participation tasting note segment on. The Stone IPA. So go out, bust out that beer, pop that top off, and pour it into a glass because there you go, John. John is ready to re- to reveal his tasting notes on this fantastic IPA. Now, I do, while John's pouring his beer, I will say that um, I was unable to find this beer in my area. It was available. Um, it's just that every six-pack that I found was, like, empty. And today, I was going to go hit my last couple side uh, little secret stashes to see if I can find it. And uh, some life, uh, you know, life happened, and I didn't quite get it done. So today, John will solely be representing the Tap the Craft crew on the beer tasting notes. And I'll just throw in my two cents, asking questions and stuff, because I don't have it in front of me to, to taste myself. So... I will start off with the uh, the general information here. It's a Stone IPA by Stone Brewing out of Escondido, California. This style of IPA is an American IPA. comes in at 6.9% alcohol with 77 IBUs. And John, uh, uh, typically this beer, it comes in 12-ounce uh, six-packs, bottles. But uh, what are you drinking out of today? So I actually have a bomber. Mm. Uh which was actually the only way I saw it available in my area. Okay. Um, they they had bombers at the grocery store, and I ended up picking up at my local bottle shop. Um, but yeah, uh, 22 ounce, and I'm drinking it uh, out of a tapered pint glass. Man, the same glass you drink every show? You got to change up your glasses once in a while. Well, I... I always go clean it, and then I bring it down, and instead of sitting on the shelf, I put it on the table that we use, <laughs> I use when we record. But it's always just sitting here, and it's very convenient. Okay. But it's, a, it's a good all-around tasting glass, you know? I, I agree. So, I agree. It's a universal glass that works well, so I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. All right. Yeah. Well, what does the color of this beer look like? So it's a, kind of an amber-yellow. Uh, um, depending on where I hold it, I get a little orange or pale straw, depending on, I guess, the background, Mm -hmm. maybe. Um, It's got a little bit of a haze to it. Oh. Um, But it's not not so cloudy that I can't see through, like I, you know, but uh, not not crystal clear. How many, any bubbles? Uh, Yeah. 
Yeah, a few few trails uh, bubbles coming up. Okay. All right. How about the head? Is it uh, got a nice head? Yeah, it did. It poured with a really nice head. Uh, about finger and a half to to start, and oh. now it's settled in. At about a finger is sticking around right now. Okay. Big bubbles, uh, small bubbles. I'd say mostly fine bubbles with mm-hmm. a few large ones sprinkled in there. Okay. Okay. And the, and the coloring of it, you said, was uh, off white. I didn't, but that's what it is. Yes. <laughs> I, I just, uh, by, by basing it off with the color of the beer, I just went with off-white because that's typically what, either it'll either be white-white or it'll be off-white. So, Yeah, you can usually tell by what the color of the beer is, what okay. the, the head will be. All right. Well, go ahead and take a big, giant sniff of that thing and see what, what you smell. Well, so when I, when I first was pouring in the glass, uh, I was getting a real um, dank aroma. Oh, you know, anybody who's hung out on a college campus or <laughs> Colorado or Washington recently, I was very familiar with. Okay. Um, but now I'm I'm getting a bit of pine mm. coming through. Um, but it's uh, kind of one-dimensional. No malt or yeast characters coming through. Just kind of a moderate uh, piney hop. Okay, piney piney hops. I'm trying to remember when I had it, um, because I, you know I enjoy piney hops, uh, but f- I'm used to uh, stone stuff having more citrus hoppy stuff. So um, we'll see. What, what what about the taste? Take, go ahead and take a sip of that, and let's see if the, you still get the pine uh, taste, or if maybe some citrus hops come out in there. Because I'm not used to. To stone having such uh, piney stuff, you know it does. It's still more that resinous kind of pine dankness. Wow. Uh, but it's really pleasant. Um, <laughs> um, Are you getting uh, high off uh, it, or? Uh... Oh, I just have to remind myself I have to talk and not just keep drinking. <laughs> yeah, you got twenty-two ounces to drink. You better suck that thing down. Yeah. Um, yeah, d- definitely some, yeah, piney, resiny, um, again, no, no malt character coming through. Like a lot of times, you know, we've, we've talked about kind of a bready or toasted or yeah. cracker kind of character, but the hops just dominate, which you kind of expect with stone beer. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's enough malt to kind of stand up and support the hops, but no character coming through okay okay so the body what's the mouth feel um you know what does it it feel like in your mouth does it feel like it's a solid beer or does it feel a little lighter or a little bit too heavy uh very solid Uh, medium maybe even medium full wow it it's uh yeah definitely you you know it's there it's not not watery at all okay um and the the carbonation levels you know mediums kind of right where you expect with mm-hmm. uh, an IPA. So so the body pretty much is indicative of of the whole flavor and smell profile, right? You said resinous, hoppy, uh it will you know that typically will end up with a more full-bodied uh f- you know mouthfeel and flavor profile. So that it seems to go hand in hand uh, with along with the dankness, along with the weed. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I, I think you know part of the contributing to it maybe seeming fuller than it it might be actually be is that the that you know resinous hop character mm-hmm. is really coating the tongue. Yeah, yeah, um, and really sticking around. Uh, oh. Thankfully, I, I like that. Uh, yeah, I know a lot of people that don't, um, but for me. That's enjoyable. Yeah, I, I also, you know what, I also enjoy that too. I really enjoy the the heavy resinous uh, feeling and flavor and, and coating in the mouth. Now, I enjoy it, but I doesn't mean I want to drink that type of beer, you know, one after another for three hours, right? I, I enjoy it, but I don't want to be, you know, I don't want it to be my whole my whole uh, drinking experience for the evening. I want to mix it up a little bit. So that's why you go big, heavy IPA sour <laughs> beer to clean out your, clean off your palate. Then a big, heavy IPA, then another sour. There you beer. go. Okay. Is that, is that the secret? <laughs> heavy, sour, heavy, sour. Okay. I'll, oh, yeah. I'll remember that. I'll remember that. All right. What, what about the finish? Does it finish uh, off real bitter or does the bitterness uh, kind of subdue and is it is it more of a drier finish with the with the hops or or I'm assuming it's a dry finish. Yeah, it definitely finishes dry. There's a uh, kind of a spike of aggressive bitterness like right as you swallow. Mhm. Um but that goes away and it just kind of leaves you with that lingering like piney piney okay. coat on your tongue. Um which does not go away. That stays. Uh, okay. But I, I enjoy that, like it, we just discussed. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the finish, I think, could be pretty off-putting for people who aren't big Are in IPs because it? it does yeah. give you kind of a punch of that bitterness. Okay. Which I didn't mention earlier, the, the bitterness is, uh, it's not aggressive when you, like, first take a, take a drink or anything like that, but... When when you swallow, it kind of hits you. So okay, well you know it is seventy seven IBU, so we expect to have a pretty <laughs> pretty good bitterness punch in there somewhere. <laughs> so uh, okay, well with that all being said, and now that you've you've evaluated the entire aspect of all the characteristics of the beer, um, what do you think about uh, new people to craft beer drinking this beer? Is this something that they uh, you know, should should go out and try right away, or should they hold off and and wait till their palate becomes more, um, you know, uh, experienced before you drinking this? Yeah, this is definitely a wait. Um, <laughs> wow, wow, good. And you know, I, I was sitting here as you were saying that I was trying to think of a stone beer that I would recommend to. To somebody new to craft beer, and I think it's just been discontinued in Levitation. That's the only thing I can yeah. think of that would be something that's a- approachable. Uh, you know, it, they tend to be more aggressive in, in a lot of aspects. You know, similar to, to Lagunitas, they both yeah. kind of push the envelope in everything true. they do. True, true, yeah. So, yeah, that's a very good point, John. That I have to agree with you. That Stone and Lagunitas, they are at the 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 the. Uh, what do they call it? The top of the hill? What do they call it? The, uh, uh, man, I had it on top of my tongue, but I can't think of it. They're at the very peak. And if you're, if you're just new to drinking craft beers, if you're used to drinking lighter beers, you know, domestic offerings from Miller, Bud, and Coors, uh, 
the beers that these breweries produce might be a little much for you, but not to say that you wouldn't enjoy them. Maybe you've been looking for something better, uh, but I definitely think if you just jumped into Stone or Lagunitas right off from from that type of beers, you would probably, uh, you know, be in a big shock, a big surprise. So, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think that I would also agree that the even though I'm not drinking right now, I think that the IPA might not be recommended for someone new. In fact, almost any IPA is is real, you know, on the on the the border of being something that a new person t- to the craft beer movement would would want to try because it's 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 at an extreme. People will love it or they hate it, and if you don't like it right off the bat, it doesn't mean you won't ever like it. It means, hey, ease into it. Go ahead and try some of the other styles. Go ahead and get some of those pale ales. Get used to having those hot flavors in there. And then jump up to these IPAs. And I think you'll appreciate it a lot more. So, uh, all right. So, John thinks no. New new people to craft beer probably should steer away from this for a, a little bit into their journey. Uh, recommended glassware? Uh, what do you think? Any, any you know, shaker pine glass would do right uh yeah if, if you got something tapered um i would go with that just kind of direct all the hop to right to your nose yeah um even like a tulip would would kind of help out okay okay I, i'll appreciate that i appreciate that what about your rating uh what wh- how would you rate this beer is, is this one that you would highly recommend to to craft beer enthusiasts or is it one that's memorable that you should probably, you know, keep it stocked in your fridge? Or is it just average? Uh, I'd put it in the memorable. Okay. You know, um, definitely something that, you know, to keep around. And as we do these tastings, I think I say it almost every other time that it's been so long since I've had this beer, I forget that, you know, I really enjoy it and I should mm-hmm. keep some of it around. And this is another one of those cases. You know, it, it's been probably a couple of years since I've picked one of these up. And, you know, I that was a mistake. So. No. <laughs> well, it's not a mistake, John. It's because Stone releases 20 IPAs a year, and you just don't have time to pick them all up. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, um, great job, John, in, in, uh, in giving our listeners a little experience on the Stone IPA. I agree. Um with you that a lot of times we forget about these core beers. Uh, the Stone IPA is one of the best-selling IPAs around. It's a, it's their flagship beer, believe it or not. Um, and you know what? You should go out and enjoy it and not just, you know, stick with the, the new stuff that comes. But I, that's why, like I mentioned, I still will pick up an uh, Arrogant Bastardale or a Double Bastard every time I see it on a shelf just because... I love the beer. So you need to join in with me and drink the beers you love, uh, you know, at least once in a while. Don't just forget about them. So that's my recommendation for you, John. (laughs) Yeah, I need to take that to heart. (laughs) All right. Okay, well, thank you, John, for sharing your tasting notes. And uh, we're going to move right into the the, uh, part of the show where we're going to try to wrap things up. But before we wrap things up, it's the time where we can – just raise our glass up to our friends, family, whoever that we want to give a toast to. So, John, is there anyone special this week you'd like to raise your glass to? Uh, yeah, thank Wes for the for the question and that kind of led to this topic. Um, you know, it's great having 
you know, listener uh, driven context. You know, now we know this is what you want to hear about. So yes, um, that's really helpful to us, you know, to make sure that we're providing you with what you want. Um, and also, uh, cheers to you. Safe travels. Um, enjoy, enjoy your trip uh, as much as the work trip will allow and, uh, come back so we can drink some more beer together. Of course. Thank you, John. I appreciate that. Um, I also want to lift my glass. I want to lift my glass to um, all my uh, 40Cast brothers out there. Uh, I really uh, i am enjoying listening to the 40Cast. Uh, you know, Matt has kept it alive after Vic and I left. Now Vic is back. and uh, But I'm not coming back. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I'm enjoying my beer thing with John. Um, and I will come visit you guys every so often. But um, I just don't have time to podcast every week, uh, but I do enjoy listening to you guys. So I just want to raise my glass to my 40cast brothers to keep up the, the good work and the tradition. And I also want to raise my glass to uh, my buddy in Israel who is throwing a international beer tasting uh, event Saturday. This Saturday coming up, which will be the time, it'll actually be a week, the Saturday before you guys hear this because I'm recording this early for you guys. But uh, Ariel Druck from Israel, a uh, big giant promoter of craft beer in his country. Uh, you know, I told him I was coming back. He said, "Hey, uh, if you can bring some beer, bring it." So I'm bringing beer. And on Saturday, when I arrive uh, Friday night, Saturday I have off before I go to work on Sunday. And uh, he's throwing an international beer tasting event uh, for me to come to, to to go ahead and taste beers from around the world. And uh, we're going to have a good time. And I just want to raise my glass to Ario for reaching out to all of us craft beer uh, lovers out there and just spreading the good word of, of the craft beer. I really appreciate it. And thank you for listening, too. And that's, uh, that's all I have. So, uh, But you know what? It wouldn't be right if I didn't thank our friends over at Open Forum Radio Network. Uh, without them, uh, for, without their support of the show, without them providing our hosting space at openforumradio.com, we wouldn't be able to provide you with this uh, great content that we do about craft beer. So I just want to thank Open Forum Radio. Hey, go out there, go to openforumradio.com, check out all the great podcasts that we offer in our network, all kinds of variety of entertainment, not just beer. I'm the only beer guy, but you know what? There's all kinds of entertainment you guys can find. So go check it out, openforumradio.com. Also, you know, hey, it's no secret I was in the U.S. Navy for eight years, uh, three months, and ten days to be exact. I uh, I just want to raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there who are also serving right now or who have served for our country to protect our freedoms. Without you, I wouldn't be able to raise this glass. So thank you for all your support, and please return home safely to your friends and family. All right. Uh, again, I uh, just want to let you guys know you can contact the show um, through email. You can uh, write to us at tapthecraft at gmail.com. Hey, if you want to be more interactive, you can follow us on Twitter at tapthecraft. And you can also leave comments on the show notes found at openforumradio.com or on Google+. Just search for Tap the Craft. And if you, by chance, want to follow me personally, on Twitter, Instagram, or Untapped, just look for Loose Screw at Loose Screw, L-U-C-E-S-C-R-E-W. And on Google Plus, you can search for my name, Denny Loose. And John, if the listeners want to follow you, how can they do that? 
on Twitter at Prime Brewing, on Untapped at Prime WA, and I write about homebrew, my homebrewing and beer stuff over at homebrewengineer.com. And there will be, like I mentioned, there, my finished review for, for the book, uh, So You Want to Start a Brewery. And uh, there will also be a post about the, the craziness that went down with my day <laughs> today. All right. Sometimes uh, it just hits the fan. Yes, yeah. yes. No problem. I understand. I, you know what, John? I do look forward to your new post on your homebrewingengineer.com, so, uh, or homebrewengineer.com. I'm adding some extra ings to it. But, uh, yeah, you have, good, you have good writing on there, and I hope that uh, all of our listeners can go visit and check out all the good information you provide. All right. Well, you know what? It's last call. John and I are tired and it's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. And we really, really hope that you were able to find something useful. And we welcome you to subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. And as a reminder, we just want to let you guys know, hey, we don't release a show every week. Because, you know, John and I have lives. You know, John has babies to raise. And I have, I don't know, I just have work to do. But every two weeks... We release a new episode, and we try to keep that schedule on track every Thursday morning. You can count on an episode being ready. And even when we travel, we have babies being born or whatever. It doesn't matter. Hey, we have a show for you every two weeks. So thank you. And uh, that's it for this episode. Now remember, friends don't let friends drink light yellow fizzy beer. Quality beer can be enjoyed by all. So spread the word and convert the beer ignorant. Um, also, um, again, we want to help uh, all the people out there learn about craft beer, learn, get into the craft beer hobby, So, that, and we do this Man, I'm already messing up here. <laughs> I can't even get through the uh, opening thing. Here. Okay, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start here. I'm actually gonna take a quick break. <laughs> you can take a break. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go grab my item. Okay. Uh, that I forgot to bring over here to my little table area, and I'm gonna grab the beer to give it a chance to warm up a little bit. Okay. So, I'll be right back. All right. Okay. I had to be careful to grab the regular Stone IPA and not the Enjoy by 420. <laughs> <laughs> well, the bottles are significantly different looking, so it's okay. Uh, they both say Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, one's green. Oh, they're both green, too. Yeah. Oh, that would be confusing. Yeah. All right. You can you can start whenever you want. I'll just cut this part out. Okay. Woo! John. You see what happens when you don't make a proclamation about the show length at the beginning? We can actually keep it short. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh... We're right at an hour. <laughs> yeah. And I hope your recording worked out because I didn't start recording until, uh, I don't know, sometime during talking about beers at the beginning it was either well, happy hour or new and noteworthy so it, it's okay because i f always forget to remind you it's my it's my job to remind you to start recording and i forget 
but yeah, luckily, luckily, the last two weeks. Yeah, it's I know. Been, uh, I know. Mid, mid record. <laughs> <laughs> My, and I made I made a before all the ha- havoc, you know, all the hectic stuff started this today. I was gonna make a point to point out to you to start recording. But that all went out the window when I, my mind's not all there. So, but luckily, you know what? This uh, open broadcaster software thing—it's been uh, a rock for us so far. So I'm hoping it will keep up, keep being a rock. All right, hey, I think it went pretty good. I, I tried yeah. not to leave you hanging on the uh, beer tasting by, you know easing you into each segment. I hope it went okay for you. Yeah, it was fine. If you had been more quiet, I was going to be like, so what's your room like, Denny? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you you know you know that I'm not going to be quiet. I'm going to be here. I'm here for you, man. I I can just talk, talk, talk. I'm not, I may not make sense because I'm drinking 11% beer, but hey, I'll be talking. Yeah, that that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I have a bunch of this beer to finish now. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the bad thing about drinking a twenty-two ouncer at the end of the show. You got to finish that thing. That's all right. I, I'm actually not done with my brew day yet because part of the craziness is I realized I didn't prepare my yeast. So that's you haven't done right the right yeast. Now. You haven't done the yeast yet. <laughs> well, my I didn't even get the beer chilled down all the way. It, it was still like a hundred degrees when I came in here. Oh so, my gosh! Yeah, it, uh, it was a mess. <laughs> well, see, I'm excited for you to pop your beer traveling cherry so that <laughs> yeah. now you can bring me back beer from Israel and other places that you go. So, you know, just, you know what? Just putting that out there. Okay. And, and I'm actually thinking about that. That's why I'm, I, I might bring extra. I don't have any bubble wrap, though, is a problem. And finding bubble wrap in Israel might be a challenge. That's what clothes are for. So I might try the uh, wrap it in the. I'll bring my box of gallon bags, and then I'll wrap the gallon bags in my clothes and bring back some beer for you. Yeah, or bring your clown shoes. (laughs) Yeah, I'll bring my clown shoes. Uh, I do wear a size eleven. Are those clown shoes or not quite? Not quite. Okay. Okay. Every time I record and try to go to bed, I can't sleep for like an hour and a half after recording because I'm so wound up. I have that effect on people. I know. I know. Hey, it's Shaver from Open Forum Radio here. I want to go ahead and take a second to say thank you for checking out this episode of Tap the Craft. And I would like to encourage each of you to check out some of the other shows that we have here on the Open Forum Radio Podcast Network. Uh, we'll start it off with the original Open Forum Radio, the 40cast. Prove Your Point, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, My Peanut Gallery, The Married Gamers, Some Other Castle, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Just Press Start, Platform Junkies, and Jobbers on the Mic. Hey, be cool. Give a great review to all the shows you like on iTunes, Podbay, Stitcher, everywhere you can give reviews. Review every show five times and you are officially a good listener. Also, go ahead and visit openforumradio.com, links to all the different shows, uh, like the Open Forum Radio Facebook page, and uh, 
Take a second, if you like playing games online and with people and are cool, to uh, go ahead and look at Zabari's Gamer Information Spreadsheet. Fully useful information that will do nothing but enhance your online gaming experience. Alright folks, take it easy. Have a good day.